1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Grant and Danny welcoming you back. Just after 4 o'clock on this Wednesday, the 4th of January. You're locked into the fan. Much appreciate everybody checking out the show today. Should point out that, and we haven't discussed this, but the Bills released a statement saying that Damar Hamlin is showing Signs of improvement as he continues to battle in critical condition in a hospital in Cincinnati. But, Danny, this is huge for the first time, really good news today. He does remain hospitalized. He is in critical condition. But what they're saying is signs of improvement were observed yesterday and overnight into this morning. The bill's in a statement saying, quote, he is expected to remain under intensive care as his health team continues to monitor and treats him, but that is really, really good news.
3: Yeah, that is that is certainly something, um, you know, cautiously optimistic. We're all starved for something positive to happen right about this. And I saw I believe I've got this number right. His uh, charity toy drive, I believe, is over six million dollars. In donations wow. from folks across the country. Uh, so forgive me if I've got that number wrong, but I, I I thought I saw that this morning. Remarkable outpouring of support. So yeah, you know, fingers crossed, cautious, optimistic there about you know a bit of a milestone, right? Some good news uh, for Demar Hamlin.
2: I know people have mentioned that toy drive a lot and the number that it's climbing to quite a bit, but I will say that I think when you actually just don't just say it and you stop and think about that at a grassroots. Level, $10 here, $20 here, 1500 uh-huh. bucks from a former player here. $6 million, man, in a day and some change raised. Just because people don't know what to do and how to help this person is truly remarkable. And it really does show that if we make the choice to come together and bond over something, and we can accomplish a lot of good still. And that's sure. a really healthy, good thing. It is time for our Beltway Blitz. We'll cover the Caps, who lost in overtime despite two goals from Alex Ovechkin last night and the Commanders, who are going to Sam Howell after initially thinking they were going to Taylor Heineke, according to Ron Rivera. Coming up on the Blitz, but let's get you started around the NFL. And to discuss it with us, our buddy Nate Davis joins us. Of course, USA Today Sports. Nate, why don't we begin with... Uh, The fact that uh, the NFL continues to show support and love for the Buffalo Bills and for their fallen safety, who is fighting for his life. It's been really neat to see this fraternity all come together uh, in his honor over these last couple of days.
4: Yeah, yeah, Graham. I, mean, I wrote something yesterday, just kind of, uh, you know, one, one way into it. But but uh, how impressed I was with the way the, the Bengals uh, and their fans uh, responded to it. You know, up to it, including I think there's, there's something came out yesterday about a Cincinnati restaurant uh, catering food for the Hamlin family uh, at, at the hospital. Um, and you know, of course, we all, we all remember back, you know, five years ago when when uh Bills mafia. Uh, flooded Andy Dalton with with donations after uh, he he got them into the playoffs. Basically, so it's kind of it's kind of cool to see. You know, I don't want to compare the, those situations, but it's it's it is cool to see the reciprocation of that um, of that that love in such a terrible situation.
3: Yeah, far more trivial matters here, but to to the regular business of the NFL, Nate, uh, who's a team that's in the postseason that no one's talking about, but maybe we should be.
0: Hmm. Uh,
4: or I, that's always a tough one. I'm not sure who's saying what about what. I, I, I guess maybe my, my best answer on that would be maybe the Chargers. Uh, uh-huh. I think that they're, they're a team that's kind of getting healthy at the right time. Uh, you, you know, Joey is back back at practice. They could get Rashawn Slater um, back at left tackle. But obviously the big thing is having Mike Williams and Keenan Allen back there. Um, and, you know, they they can get up to the – actually, they're already up to the fifth seed. Uh, so if, if the Chargers go to Nashville or Jacksonville, uh, I mean, frankly, I think Jaguars-Chargers would be a pretty fun game to watch. But uh, that, that looks like a team to me that, that, that can make a little bit of noise that you know, probably not a lot of people are talking about. Um, or even if they wound up playing you know, Kansas City. I mean, we, we've seen enough Chargers-Chiefs games over the last couple of years to know that that'll, that'll probably be a barn burner. So keep an eye on the bolts.
2: Yeah, I look at the NFC as being more wide open maybe than it's been in a long, long time. I know San Francisco looks unbeatable, but they might have to play Green Bay on fire with Aaron Rodgers at the controls and Brock Purdy starting opposite him. And, you know, we haven't really seen Purdy have to battle back against a really good team down by 14 or something like that. The other matchup could be the Giants, who are red hot, against the Vikings. And we've talked all year about how they might be the team that people want. And they might go into that game, it sounds like, without their starting center and their starting right tackle. I mean, the NFC... Feels like it's wide open that the Cowboys are going to be the favorite over the division champion Bucks. I would imagine as well, right? So, what do you make of that conference?
4: Well, I agree it's wide open. I guess maybe I stumbled on your question about who are we not talking about. I mean, I think we're talking about all these teams because I think particularly on the NFC side that they all seem very relevant. And you know, to your point, you know, I've kind of always, I've thought for weeks now that Minnesota is the team you want to draw in the first round if you're if you're one of those wild card teams. Uh, though the Giants did lose there uh, a few weeks ago, um, you know I'm not I'm not sure that I'm really afraid of either Minnesota or the Giants, whoever came out of that matchup. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean it, it could be interesting. I think your point on Purdy, you know I've kind of been of the same mind. You know teams are getting film on him now. How effective is he going to be uh, come come playoff time? Um, and you know Tom Brady and Mike Evans look like they're finally you know operating within a functional offense. And you know we we've seen you know that for most of the last. 30-plus years that the Dallas Cowboys do something to, to uh, you know, self-destruct in the playoffs. So I don't think you're going to – I think we talked about this last time. <clears throat> I'm counting out Tom Brady and the Bucks in the playoffs against against Dallas. So, uh, yeah, that definitely should be fun. You know, looking forward to it. Uh, but I still tend to think it's going to be San Francisco and the Eagles at the end, but but we'll, we'll, we'll certainly find out. Nate, thank you as
3: always, brother. Have a good week. Take care, guys. See you soon, man. Let's talk some puck, please. Good morning, Matt Weirich, NBC Sports, Washington, to talk about those Capitals. Matt, I like that Ovechkin scored a couple times. I like what I saw from the offense. But big picture, I was a little concerned about something. I want to get your take. The way Buffalo forechecked, I think it, I don't want to say it's the recipe, but the Caps, I feel like, had some problems in stretches, kind of navigating it, getting out of their own zone. It's the kind of thing that I worry about, kind of carrying forward, busting up some of the good times that they've been uh, engaging here lately. What do you think?
5: Yeah, I think the Capitals have had some trouble with faster teams, teams that have good closing speed. It certainly seemed to be a problem throughout the night, particularly in the first period, but also down the stretch as well. It was, you know, the Capitals were looking for momentum at at certain points. They shook up the lines in an effort to try to get a better combination going, you know, ultimately mixing up some pairings that we really haven't seen this season. But uh, it's definitely something that we've seen in the past couple of games. I think the Canadians uh, also were able to do it against the Capitals as well. So, this is something that they're, they're certainly working on and certainly is an area for improvement, even with how well they've been playing. The Sabres,
2: by the way, are just so fast and so dynamic offensively. Tage Thompson is the real deal. They beat the Caps in overtime 5-4. How about Ovi, though? Two more goals. He's on pace at 37 years old for 57 right now, Matt.
5: Yeah, it's absolutely unbelievable what he's been able to do at his age. I mean, multi-goal games in three of his last five. You know, you'd think maybe, oh, after pa- passing Mark Howell, moving into second place all time, might get a little bit complacent, might say, okay, the job is done. There's a lot of pressure to reach that number. Now he's going to kind of cool off. Nope, he's still doing it. And it's just been impressive to watch. And it seems like every time that he does play a player like Paige Thompson, a player like Connor McDavid, that he's at the top of his game, that, you know, when a player like Thompson goes out and scores two goals, he comes back and responds with two of his own. That's just the kind of player that he is, and it's really been a sight to see. I
3: I feel like I still like Darcy Kemper an awful lot. I feel like we've had some bad luck, though, uh, because you know during the stretch where they were ripping off a, a win a night, pretty much, it was Charlie Lindgren's show. I feel like we've had a couple of these, I don't know, uh, multiple goal performances against uh, uh, Darcy Kemper here. How much is that a reflection on him? I, I don't feel like it's a lot, but I want your take.
5: Yeah, I don't, I don't think that there's, necessarily kepper has been the problem there's certainly been a couple of goals i think he would like back over the stretch uh, particularly yesterday there were a few that stand out in my mind but ultimately you know you got to look at the positions that the defense is putting him in and a lot of those goals are on rushes on two on one three on twos and you know that's already a bad situation for a goaltender no matter who's in net. so uh you know i, I don't hang a lot of those goal totals on him necessarily certainly uh, there is a bit of a room for improvement there but uh, I would say that a lot of it has been putting him in bad positions, some bad bounces as well, and, and just some spectacular play. I mean, that, that first pass yesterday, Tage Thompson spinorama, turning around, passing it behind his back. Uh, you know, that's something that you you see very rarely on the on the rink, and yeah. and certainly that was something that he wasn't expecting to happen. Dude, he was. That
2: was something to watch. He, he is going to be a superstar. He's already on his way. Uh, give us an update with TJ Oshie back now. All eyes are on Nicholas Backstrom and Tom Wilson. You've been writing a lot about those guys. What do we know about how close they are?
5: Yes, actually got the chance to talk to the two of them today. They met with the media for the first time since training camp. Definitely a good sign that they could be back soon. Uh, Peter LaViolette said that their timelines are, are pretty closely entwined. It wasn't necessarily a lock that the two of them are going to return on the same day, but it could be you know, a game apart, two games apart. Uh, he wouldn't say which one's ahead of the other, but Apart from not being able to play tomorrow in Columbus, any game after that is is on the table. So it's no longer a month's thing. It's a day's thing. Uh, They're both, you know, have been really coming along in their recoveries. I mean, it's only been six months since Nicholas Backstrom's hip surgery, which is just incredible considering we were talking about whether or not he'd ever play hockey again. So the fact that he's already here six months later, right back in it, and and somebody who's going to be thrown right into the power play unit, right into a top six role – same with Tom Wilson. I mean, the Capitals are going to bring these guys in and thrust them into important roles right, right away. It's going to be exciting for sure.
3: Matt, thank you as always, buddy. Talk soon.
5: Absolutely. Thanks, guys.
3: Thank you, my friend. Hit that commander sounder, Dares michael phillips search for times dispatch covers those commanders who according to sources have indeed been eliminated from the postseason michael it was taylor heineke until it wasn't what do you make of that process that led us to what we all think is the right decision playing sam Howe?
6: it is a right decision i think there's maybe a little bit of uh taylor heineke remorse mixed in there ron rivera said that uh uh, the reason he did it was he talked to a number of the players this morning and they expressed that they thought Sam Howell was ready and they, they, they were excited to see him and wanted to see him out there, uh, which led Ron Rivera to change his mind. He's going to go with Sam Howell out of the gate on Sunday. Um, you remember, you know, Ron kind of w- went out on his own when he benched Taylor to go to Carson Wentz. So I I wonder if the two aren't connected, maybe maybe a little bit. Um, but, you know, I, I think in this case you, you can definitely acknowledge that it's the right call. Uh, winning doesn't matter. Uh, but I, I think seeing what they have in Sam Howell and getting, giving him these snaps is an excellent idea.
2: What do you think we'll see out of Sam Howell, and what should people expect to see?
6: I think it's going to be very difficult for him. To, uh, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. The Dallas Cowboys are both very good and still playing to potentially win the NFC's title. Uh, and, boy, it that does not look like Washington is going to field a full roster. Of veteran players, and, and we asked Ron even about the healthy guys, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and he said the they'll play, they'll start, and we'll go from there. Uh, which which didn't exactly have the vibe of you're getting 60 minutes of Terry McLaurin. So and good luck to Sam Howell uh, in that. Uh, on the offensive line, you'll see Chris Paul for the first time, seventh round draft pick. And look, we've had these games before where these kids show up to play and they're ready to go. It's late in the season, they've got their opportunity. Uh, so, so you certainly can't say. Nothing, nothing good's going to happen, but it's going to be a tall climb. For Hal himself, he's more mobile than either of the two they've played. And, you know, Heineken can be mobile, just just hasn't been under uh, Scott Turner. We'll see if Turner lets Hal loose, lets him use a little bit of that elusiveness, that mobility. That would help him out a lot.
3: Uh, Michael, I, I know I'm going to get yelled at uh, online by people for this question, but here it comes anyway. I've seen now or heard people be like, yeah, Chase Young's been really impressive since he came back. I heard people on, on this station saying that. What, who, am I watching a different Chase Young? Like, I thought he's, he's move around fine, but he does what he always does, which is, you know, chase Town plays cause he's fast and, you know, he's pretty strong, but I think he p- hit the quarterback one time. Like, wh- I, I don't see this as revolutionary. I'm glad he's healthy and I think that's what's most important. This isn't to me about him producing now, but I, I feel like we're, changing our our eye line here and it's the bar is lowered so precipitously that him not tripping on himself is now considered playing well give me your thoughts
6: well you're gonna love the sam Howell discussion on monday then i'll work <laughs> up for that right now yeah uh, you know look i think it's about the confidence i think he's out there he's playing with confidence and, and he doesn't seem to be favoring the non-injured knee those are two things you're looking for very early on right um, the, the speed is there. Uh, he, he was never going to be a playmaker this season once we crossed into that week 10, week 11 uh, of missing threshold. I, I think it's okay to be excited about what he's shown while, while acknowledging he's not a playmaker right now and he, and, and he wasn't ever going to be a playmaker coming back. Um, but I, I think there's re, you know there was a point where this, we were all pretty down on him playing at all this year. And, and so to get what we've gotten, I, I think it is absolutely a case of exceeding the new reduced expectations. To
2: Michael's point, the list of players that didn't practice is massive. I'll rip through them real quick for people. John Allen, Sadiq Charles, Cam Curl, Jamin Davis, Antonio Gibson, Cornelius Lucas, Andrew Norwell, Brian Robinson, James Smith-Williams, Benjamin St. Just, Montez Sweat. What I will say for Sam Howell, though, is most of those guys are on defense. I think there's a chance that it's Jonathan Williams, Jarrett Patterson at running back this weekend. Which isn't ideal, obviously, but he would have his top receivers. I guess my concern would be the O line for him. Like, what does that look like at this point if, say, Lucas doesn't go, if Norwell doesn't go? You mentioned Paul will play. Would that mean Paul might start? Like, what what could that look like?
6: I think it might mean, uh, yeah, I think it might mean Chris Paul might start on the offensive line. I, I think that's your number one fear. Uh, I, I would be stunned if this isn't six back on every play, you know, a, a tight end chipping, which we saw a lot of anyway last week it's certainly kind of become more of the base offense for them leaving a tight end back to help out Charles Leno who I I mean look Charles Leno gave this team a lot over the course of the year and then had a really bad December it's okay to acknowledge one and also acknowledge the other Um, you know they've already been in kind of let's help the quarterback mode that's not going anywhere and and look you know Patterson's not your guy to provide help obviously but, but Williams can be and Uh, You know, I I think Sam Howell's not going to be completely without weapons. I I think you just really temper your expectations. I mean, we all think back to that Eagles game where the Eagles had something on the line in Week 17. They all invaded FedEx Field. We all felt miserable about ourselves afterward. I I think we're in for another one of those days. You can just remind yourself this is an appropriate end to the Dan Snyder era. And, and, you know, (laughs) I think everybody's got their fingers crossed it is that.
3: What's the crowd going to look like?
6: It's going to look blue, and it's going to look white. I feel really bad for Sonny Jurgensen, a legitimate Hall of Famer, uh, both as as a player and a broadcaster and an idol and an icon. And uh, I don't think anybody's coming out to watch his special day, and that stinks.
2: Yeah, it's tough. Something we'll talk about as the week goes on. Michael, you're the man. Thank you, sir. We appreciate you as always. Take care, guys. You got it. That is your Beltway Blitz on Grant and Danny. I was planning, Danny, to discuss with you my biggest gripe of this staff and with this staff being their lack of vision when we put the rundown together initially today when Taylor Heineke was set to start. But I Uh think now we can kind of scrap that for the moment and discuss Sam Howell. I actually wanted to get people's thoughts on Ron Rivera's changing of his mind. It seems like it bothered you. I don't want to put words in your mouth a little bit more than it bothered me. Like, I'm one of the guys that says... I don't necessarily care how he got there. He's starting Sam Howell. But uh, let's uh, let's discuss that next because it seems like they decided on one thing. It got announced. They got a lot of backlash, and Rivera probably saw a lot of that backlash and may have reacted to that. Is that fair? Is that a legitimate theory? Uh, Let's tackle that next on Grant and Danny here on The Fan.
1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
5: I was excited. Uh, you know, I've been working hard all year, and I was kind of waiting for, for an opportunity to go out there. You know, I kind of assumed that what the circumstances are, I might have an option to go, uh, the, the ability to go out there and play this weekend. So, you know, I'm excited for it.
2: That's Sam Howe. Just met with the media today. He's the starting quarterback for Sunday's game against the Cowboys. At FedEx Field. We're going to get back into this in just a few minutes. I just saw something, though, and it's it's got my blood circulating. It's got me fired up a little bit. It's got the people moving. Yeah, frothing at the mouth here. So I want to talk about this because we got a platform. and We can do that. We can give opinions on things we are passionate about. So I just saw this audio come out from Kayvon Thibodeau that we're about to play. So let me get people up to speed real quick on what's going on here, okay? Are you tracking this story at all with him doing Snow Angels next to Nick Foles?
3: Yeah, I saw it on Red Zone, um, and I was, you know, pretty irritated that that was happening. Not the initial one. I get it right away. Hey, you got to sack dance. He's down, writhing in pain. Medical professionals are trying to get to him, and you're still doing snow angels for a really long time.
2: So when I I originally heard about this, I got a bunch of texts. Like, my, my football buddy, Chain, was like, oh, my God, Kayvon Thibodeau's doing snow angels next to Nick Foles while he's hurt, and people are tending to him. And my initial response was actually to give him the full benefit of the doubt. I said, well, Lockheed didn't see the medical personnel. It's clear he didn't know that Nick Foles was hurt. Although, when I rewatched it, he did it for so long that there is no celebration that's ever lasted that long if a next play is coming. Do you know what I'm saying?
3: Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, yeah. It was clear. You're in the
2: huddle. <laughs> like, Oh, they're not huddling up. Something's going yeah. on that allows me to keep doing Snow Angel. He did like 17 Snow Angels or whatever. But regardless... He can claim, and I think he since has, like, I didn't know he was hurt. That was my fault. And there doesn't have to be a whole lot more to it than that. Jeff Saturday said what he did was trash and thought it was terrible and was mad at his own team for basically not going after him and picking up fools and and basically knocking him away. But the the reason I bring this up is what Kayvon Thibodeau just said as a response. I saw this presser, and, and if you see the video, it even more makes the case of how condescending and patronizing and belittling and cooler than everyone asking him questions he uh, is trying to be. But this is uh, what he just said to the media.
8: Who, that's what I'm saying, who's the gatekeeper of when to do something? So once we figure out who the gatekeeper is, then we can write the rules and then we can establish, you know, the narratives and things like that. But until, you know, you guys actually are in the sport and do it and be in that moment, you can't create a narrative on it, you know?
3: Well, we're not creating a narrative on it. The guy, the other team's coach had a problem with it.
6: He's the guy who played the game.
3: other team's players had a problem with it.
8: No, I just don't know who, like, anybody who comments on it, unless I know who they are, doesn't really affect me. That's it.
2: So, the first thing he's doing there is doing one of my least favorite bits in the world, which is him basically saying, if you didn't play football, then you don't know anything. I hate that bit. A, it's not correct or true, and B, let's say it was, which, again, it's not, it's one of the most patronizing, ridiculous things that you can do. It's the equivalent of me saying, anytime someone has a problem with something the President of the United States is doing... Have
3: you ever been President? Have you?
2: Did you ever get elected okay, into the office, huh? Did you... Did you? Oh, okay, then shut your mouth. That's what like, he's 44 doing. 44
3: people get to have opinions on that. <laughs> right. Exactly history, right. It's, it. it's
2: just not a thing, okay? Have you ever been a waiter? Have you ever been a chef? Then I don't want to hear what you think about the service tonight at the restaurant, right? It's it's a, an outrageous thing to do, and it makes no sense. But beyond that, he's wrong. So he's saying you guys are creating this story, which the media is not. Jeff Saturday, who's a former player, who's been around the game forever, who is now inexplicably and irresponsibly a head coach. By the way, the fact that I'm sticking up for Jeff Saturday is Ironic and hilarious, because that guy shouldn't have his job. Anyway. Strange
3: bedfellows, is it?
2: I mean, what a, what an absolute disaster his coaching tenure has been so far. Shocker! Who could have seen that coming, that unqualified guy? But anyway, so Thibodeau, and Ryan just showed me a picture, by the way. In addition to doing all the snow angels next to Foles, who he supposedly didn't know was hurt, he also is seen, there's an image of him on the sideline doing a like go-to-sleep, like head-on-his-hands kind of bit. <laughs> After he gets to the sideline while they're still tending to Nick Foles. So the idea that he didn't know is a pretty big stretch for me. But again, if, if you want to give him the benefit of the doubt, go for it. The you guys are creating a narrative. You didn't play. I don't care what you have to say thing wrong. Correctly. The media member says, actually, no, nobody's creating this, sir. Like Jeff Saturday said this. He's upset that you did that. And Thibodeau's response to that is to sun him to use a term from the kids. Uh, mm. You don't you know, the, the the whole like what is he a practice squad guy? Never heard of that guy. Jeff Saturday is a two time All Pro and a six time Pro Bowler. Now, if he wants to say he shouldn't be a head coach, agreed. But Jeff Sat like that is not the dunk on Jeff Saturday that you think it is, man. Yeah, you, the if you never response heard of be. Jeff Saturday, a one of thirty two <laughs> head coaches in the league, who was one of the biggest stories in the NFL a month ago. Who was a six-time Pro Bowler? Who's a two-time All-Pro? Who honestly might make the Hall of Fame? I mean, I, I don't know if that's a thing or not, but
3: He's it's, Hall of Fame caliber—it's yeah. not
2: crazy. Like, th- then you are an idiot. <laughs> you know, then yes.
3: you look bad. That the is the response not a can't be. Oh yeah? Well, I lack the information, so ha, ha, ha. like I'm not aware. Again, that's not that's not a, a defense or an argument. Um, it was classless. It was boorish. It was over the top, and. You know, it's the extension, the natural extension of, I did a thing, so now I have to, ha- I have to get through my choreographed dance no matter what. Right? It's, it's one of the main reasons why, you know, it's just not for me. I don't think anybody should be fined or suspended or banned or anything like that. It's just, I don't enjoy those sorts of things anywhere near as much as, as a lot of younger fans do. And that's, and that's fine. We can have that, disc- table that discussion. But when it's so important to you to do this thing while someone's laying you know, in in broken right next to you, and medical personnel literally cannot get to the guy effectively because you're snow angeling next to him, and then you go on and go through your histrionics. The tenured gentleman with an opinion protecting his own guy, saying, "Yeah, that was gutless and classless and pretty terrible." Again, the, the defense should be, "I, you know what? I feel terrible. I didn't know he was injured. Obviously, I would never have done that if I'd known he's injured." So, is the de- are you defending it, Kayvon Thibodeau, to basically say? Even if he is injured, it's so, impo- it's well, so important that my dance gets done. This, right? It's so important that my snow angels get done for minutes.
2: He's not saying, I didn't know he was injured. He's saying, who are you to tell me when I can and can't do my snow angels? That's literally what he's saying. He goes, yeah. who's the gatekeeper of when you can do something? When you tell me who the gatekeeper is, then we can decide when you can do something. I'll be the gatekeeper. When the quarterbacks hurt on the field, don't do a snow angel. By the way, we're spending this week talking about this fraternity of players coming together because they're all risking their bodies, right? Because of how dangerous this game is. Because you're legitimately putting your well-being, your ability to walk on the line every time you play together, and we're talking about teams and players taking care of each other and coaches meeting each other at the hospital, and you're doing a damn snow angel next to Nick Foles who's hurt. And people are saying, hey, maybe that was a bad look. And you're going, well, who are you to tell me? Have you ever played? Then I don't care what you think. Well, no, it's not me. It's the head coach of the Colts is saying it. He did play. I don't know who that is. I don't care about his opinion. Well, learn who he is, dude. Then figure it out. Because just mm-hmm. saying, I don't, like, that is so disrespectful. It's, God, I mean, just watching this video, I, I'm a Kayvon Thibodeau guy. I I, I liked He's him when really he was good. drafted. I liked him in college. He kicked the Washington's ass. And I, I was, you know, talking about how much better he is than the guy we drafted really high that night who wasn't mm-hmm. available. I mean, <laughs> oh yeah, I got nothing against him. But you, you ever watch one video and you go, yeah, this guy's not really for me? This is that one for Kayvon Thibodeau as far as I'm concerned.
8: That's who, what I'm saying. Who's the gatekeeper of when to do something? So once we figure out who the gatekeeper is, then we can write the rules and then we can establish, you know, the narratives and things like that. But until, you know, you guys actually are in the sport and do it and be in that moment you can't create a narrative on it you know well we're not creating a narrative on it the guy the other team's coach had a problem and
3: he's
6: the guy who played the game the
3: that's other team i don't, I don't know who he is
8: now i just don't know who like anybody who comments on it unless i know who they are doesn't really affect me that's it
2: okay well hopefully <laughs> you know who nick Foles is maybe nick Foles can comment on it then do you not know who he is i mean is he doing it the only people that matter are in this locker room bit i'm not really sure what a turn off that whole back and forth was though uh, just the bingo card of the stuff that I hate you know you know what I mean it's
3: yeah just, seriously ugh. well the the, the the faux intellectualism right like the the pretend the the who's the, who's the gatekeeper by the way there, there are legitimate questions about that in society right when we get to the highest levels of, of things where it's like do we have a standard or is it just for people we don't like and, and there are legitimate societal questions around that sort of thing. Attempting to at first hide behind that and sort of point the finger at the at the schlub in the locker room who's who's asking the question about it like as if it's his fault that you did the snow angel next to an injured guy so the medics couldn't get there and then followed it up with a night night gesture on the sideline or whatever right it's it's someone else's fault and not yours so nobody can judge me well someone did judge you yes yes but ha- but let me counter I don't know who that person is oh congrats I, I suppose you won the argument you know what I mean it's that's that's the kind of stuff that always rubs me in the wrong way. Well, the, I think the, he was so excited yeah, the, the
2: yeah. to, to, to try to dunk on the media, basically. Right, exactly. He was so excited to do the, hey, you ever played the game? Then I don't want to hear from you. Well, it doesn't take playing the game to know not to do a snow angel next to the hurt player, Goose. It doesn't take having played in the National Football League to have a thought on you doing the night-night knock-you-out bit on the sideline while the quarterback is hurt. There's a reason no one else does that. Rookie, guy who's just finding his way, and in several years, you're probably going to look back and go, "Yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that." But right now you'll just he's so excited to go, "I don't care what you think, man, you didn't play. It's such a bad bit that then when Saturday comes up, you've dug in. Well, I, I don't care about him either. I don't know who that is. You don't know. Not very the, convenient
3: for you. You, you yeah. don't
2: know who the head coach of the team you just played was. You, you don't know who that is—the guy that, that that called you out in the media yesterday. You've never heard of that person. You you don't know who a six-time Pro Bowler and a two-time All-Pro is in the sport that you've dedicated your life to. And you don't need to know the history of other teams, but my my guess is you probably have heard of Jeff Saturday if you play in the NFL. You, you might have at some point one of the biggest names, one of the most talked-about names this season in the league because he got a job that he didn't belong uh, getting. And it was the dumbest thing that ever happened. You probably have heard of him, but that's your dismissive, condescending, above it shtick. Where you go, I don't know him. Where does that stop? Is that just I, that? That's another excuse you. We were talking yesterday about an excuse you could use with your wife. You were just focused on winning, and that works for everything as a straw man thing. You could say that one too. I, I don't know that person. Their, their opinion doesn't matter to me. Like I'm you, not you don't sure that your, person is. You don't know your sister, Danny. <laughs> you don't know your
3: father. He wants you. To, he is. wants
2: you to come at one o'clock this weekend.
3: I can't, I can't do that. I'm not aware of who he is.
2: I, uh, again, that just that video just came out. It was not on the rundown, but I saw it, and it, it got me all worked up. Uh, but, uh, whew. I mean, that PR staff's going to have their work cut out for him <laughs> in the future <laughs> if that's how he's going to handle You know, doing snow angels next. This is really, really simple. Hey, I really didn't know he was hurt. I, I apologize. That if, if was a silly thing, and it was a mistake. I had no idea he was hurt. It, it, I, I wouldn't have done that. See how Ta-da! Went, that, yeah. that was tough. Or you could just do the did you play, I don't care what you think. No, this, who are this, you?
3: Are you the gatekeeper?
2: Am I the key master? What are we doing? By the way, anyone who says, don't do snow angels next to a player that's injured, they're they're a good gatekeeper. That, that, let's make them the gatekeeper. We'll start <laughs> it, there. Pretty reasonable. Just a pretty easy thing. All right, let's talk Sam Howell next. We're actually going to have his former play caller and OC in college on the show at 5 o'clock who was at UNC at the time with Sam and now has since been named the offensive coordinator on the new Wisconsin staff, uh, Phil Longo. That's coming up in about 20 minutes. So that'll be a must-hear. You're going to want to hear that interview here on Grant and Danny. Let's pivot over to the big quarterback decision in D.C. next on The Fan. He's Danny. I'm Grant. This is the fan. Phil Longo, top of the hour, and then we'll get people's reactions to Sam Howell getting the start. What I'm going to want to do is take some calls on how we got here. Without putting words in your mouth, though, it does seem like you were, I don't know if bothered's
3: the the right term, but
2: you seem to care that they were going to go Heineke before Hal rather than just coming out and saying how.
3: I care about it very much because it's a window into the process. My son is learning multiplication, right? He's nine. And if I go, what's seven times five? And he starts looking at the moon, counts number of branches, uses like his right knee and goes, uh, 35? I go, well, that's right, but that's not the process, right? The next time you get a math problem, you're not going to get it by looking at leaves and air and and uh, uh, cell towers. You need to know what you're doing. You need to to arrive at the right answer via the right way so that I can trust you the next time that I'm not sitting over your shoulder helping you with your homework. I helped Ron Rivera with his homework. So did everyone else that reacted. You know what I mean? Like to me, this is a no-brainer, easy layup decision that somehow got complicated. It was not complicated. It never was. It was made that way. And so, yes, we got to the right decision. And that's good. At the end of the day, I'm not like angry or, or screaming at anybody, but it's concerning, right? It's it's concerning that the next time we have a crossroads decision. There there may not be that media trial balloon. There may not be the availability of, of Pudgy Danny Ruye reacting to the, the Jeff uh, uh, Fowler report from the SPN. You need to do the right things all the time. Just do the right thing all the time, and then you have a shot. This way you've got no shot.
2: You sleep on Jeremy Fowler.
3: That, what did I say, Jimmy Fowler?
2: I think you said Jeff Fowler, which is Jeff per- Fowler. It's I don't perfectly know. fine. It's just
3: like <laughs> I don't know which Fowler it was. Inadvertently, there was a, it was a so, Like
2: disrespectful, but in a, like in a funny way.
3: But yeah, right. I, uh, name, name that Fowler, bro. That's whose whose tweet Dexter I retweeted. Fowler. Yeah, right.
2: Do you know any other? I Fowlers? can't think of
3: another. I, I can't think of another Fowler. Do you have any other Fowlers? Jimmy I, Fowler, J- Fallon.
2: I, Jimmy, I'll accept Jimmy Fowler. Uh, yeah, look, the the real teams don't do it this way. They, they just mm-hmm. don't. The real teams would not allow for this to happen where you've decided on Heineke initially. Like Real teams aren't doing that. It's Sam Howell right. time, and it was obvious you know, a week ago as soon as they lost, whatever. But maybe I'm just – you know what it is, I think? I'm so surprised they're doing the right thing that I'm almost <laughs> – like, not even...
3: Oh, oh, you, bless her heart. Exactly. It's like, that's what that is. Yes.
2: It's as if Yeah. my kid got a passing grade on a test, and we both thought going in they were just going to flunk this thing so badly. Mm-hmm. And, like, the teacher gives them a 70 and says he can't confirm it, but he thought he saw their eyes wandering. And I'm like, but were their eyes... Like, did they cheat or they didn't cheat? He's like, look, I, I can't say they cheated, but I'm, I'm a little nervous... But if you can't tell me, and they got a 70, then I'm just going to be like, dude, you passed. You see know what I'm saying a little bit? Like, That's exactly what you're saying, yeah. I expected so little. And then, to, I have said for three days, since Rivera made his initial comments Monday. Yeah, I thought it was going to be Heineke. They were going to so. name Heineke the starter. He, he said, we're trying to win. That was code word for we're going with Heineke. It was. And then, the rumblings, everything I was hearing. The people that talk to people that know. I think it's Heineke. I think it's Heineke. Okay, we'll wait and see. How's not ready? I'm I'm not going to get angry yet. I'm not going to be mad yet. I'm going to wait and let them do the right thing. And then your boy Jeff, Jeremy Fowler, comes out with his report today. And this was not a wrong report. This was he talked to someone, whether it be the team or the agent or whoever, who had been informed that what Rivera was going to do. And he has since confirmed this. Rivera could have just said, I I don't know anything about the reports. We always were going to start. Sam Howell, I don't know what happened or where they got that from, but they didn't talk to me. Like, he could have easily done that. He did not. He came out, Danny, and he said that he was going to start Heineke as of last night and when he woke up. he's had more conversations with players and coaches and people he cares about and Sam Howell himself, and he is going to give Sam Howell his chance. So I 100% believe that the backlash was a factor. I 100% believe that uh, he... Saw that people were really upset and, and maybe that it could help them, uh, you know, get some some goodwill. And that was part of the decision, even if it was a small part of it. I really believe that. But all I care about is that they're going to do the right thing. I'm a process over results guy. Normally, in this case, I'm just going to stick with the result and, and not worry a whole lot about uh, the mission.
1: I hear
3: you. And for some, that's all they care about. Right. Is at the end of the day, the, you know, the, the thing I want to have happen, happen and. That's cool. I'm one of the people, though. I'm annoying, and I know that. I know that about myself, and I know that I'm not popular in many social circles. I get it. I understand who I am. If I see a thing that doesn't make sense, my I'm pointing at that thing. And then when everyone's moving on with their day, I'm still pointing at that thing. Everyone's going about their life and is collecting their mail and putting the kids to bed. I'm still standing out in the lawn pointing at the thing that doesn't make sense. This is what you were going to do. You're going to do that. I see it. I saw that someone acknowledge it. You know what I mean? Like you, you were going to start Taylor Heineke until something changed. And by the way, I don't believe for one second he had like a a profound, you know, movie montage conversation with like a, with like a couple of people that were like, "I'm telling you, Sam's ready. It's gonna be Sam. Believe it in your eyes and heart and, and soul." You know what? We're gonna go with Sam. Uh, that didn't happen. I like. I just. I refuse to believe he had like a come to Jesus moment with like a, a couple meetings and like some guru behind the scenes, like on a Facetime, changed his mind. You know what I mean? I, may, maybe it did, but you, you've lost the benefit of that with me. The Fowler we
2: slept on was Ricky Fowler, the golfer. Ricky, the oh, Jumpies would have gotten that one because they're golf guys. You and I slept a little bit. All right, that's next bad. we're going to talk to Phil Longo. He called plays. He was the OC. He was the guy that got Sam Howell NFL ready at North Carolina. And now he's at Wisconsin. He was just brought over as their OC in the Big Ten. But uh, we want to ask him about how We talked to him right after he was drafted. I'm sure he's been in touch with him uh, today and, and throughout this process. But uh, I think this is going to be good content for people who want to know what to expect from Howell. So we'll talk to Phil next on Grant and Danny here on The Fan.